Welcome to the Level Up with KDB podcast. If you've ever wished you could get a glimpse inside the minds and lives of women who are masters at creating abundant and fulfilling lives, and you're ready to learn the secrets behind unlocking that in your own life, you're in the right place. Each episode, I and a series of guests uncover the secrets behind creating the life you can't stop fantasizing about. I'm Katie B, human design coach, airline pilot, CEO and crazy cat lady, and I am so happy to have you here. Well, hey there, beautiful human. How are you? Are you in your car driving? (laughs) Are you at home chilling out with a nice cuppa or a glass of wine maybe? (laughs) Wherever you are, I just want to welcome you to this episode of the Level Up with KDB podcast. It is episode 31 and also episode 6 of the Manifestation Series. This is the wrap-up episode to what has been an incredible series where I have just had the most fun chatting to incredible humans who have shared their delightful manifestation stories and incredible wisdom about their processes. I just had so much fun chatting with Siam, Trish, Gemma, and Madison, all who had the most incredible manifestation success stories and really beautiful insights that I think highlighted some super important aspects of manifestation. Every single one of them had a different path to success. And yes, there was definitely some similarities, but overall, the time it took, the path that unfolded, the methods they used were all super different and personal. I think that's the main thing. They were unique and very personal to them. And the reason that I believe that this is important to take note of is because if you listened to episode one of the manifestation series, I mentioned part of the reason I wanted to do this entire series is because I think there is a lot of shitty advice about what manifestation should look like. I think there's too many rules and too many frameworks that just aren't going to work for everyone. So today's episode is designed to empower you, to help you feel confident, to take out your magic wand, wave it around like a lunatic and create exactly what you envision for yourself. I'm going to give you the tools you need to discover your very own unique path to manifestation success. Because don't forget that you are always and have always been manifesting. You've already had so much incredible success. You've probably manifested dream business, maybe a dream job, a partner, cars, a house, holidays, friends, fur babies, maybe even real babies. And don't forget the smaller things that you've created in your life too, the cozy, comfy bed linen, your favorite recliner that you watch your fancy pants TV on, or any of these incredible things that you've created, everything that's around you in your 3D reality right now, you have manifested. And this is just so important to remember because you already have the most amazing laundry list of successful manifestations under your belt. And that means you already have a method that works. Yes, you already have a method that works. If you're thinking, yeah, but 
they don't count because I didn't wish, I didn't hope for them forever. They're just beautiful things that I happen to create. Or maybe you did wish and hope for them, but you had setbacks on the way and maybe the journey to creating your thriving business or or creating the life that you have wasn't as simple as set the intention, take action, and then boom, job done. If you're having any type of thoughts that are undermining the fact that you are already a brilliant manifester, or that are sowing seeds of doubt about whether what you have in your external reality right now are the result of you manifesting, then this episode is exactly the catalyst you need to take back control and step into your power as a powerful creator. So I am going to be giving you a four-step process that's going to help you unlock your own personal manifestation process. Mm Mm-hmm. This is not something that you're going to read in a book because there is just no one size fits all process. I wholeheartedly believe that. I think it's way too complex. I think we're way too complex as humans to have a cookie cutter framework that is going to work for everyone. So I'm excited for you to get in amongst this because this is going to be like the most ultimate episode of empowerment for you to take control of your manifestation process. So are you ready for it? Because we're about to dive in to step one of discovering your own baller AF manifestation process. All right, drum roll, please. (laughs) The first step in finding your own unique manifestation process is to discover your core values. All right, so I have talked about this quite a lot in different episodes, and we dove into it a little bit in Trish Rock's episode. We talked a lot about um, core values in that episode, and the reason I talk about it so often is because I think it's such an important part of our personal development and conscious creation journey. And so when I talk about discovering your core values, I mean, let yourself go beyond your surface level desires. And really uncover the true driving force behind the actions that you're taking. Unless you already have a practice of checking in with and connecting to your core values, this is going to take more than five minutes of pondering. It's not going to be a a matter of sitting down and just journaling for five minutes. All right, what are my values? What do I value in my life? And the reason for this is that so many of us are walking around in a constant state of trance because we've all been raised with moral, ethical, behavioral frameworks, which if we don't question them, they actually become defining aspects of how we view the world. Our actions become unconsciously driven by the layers of shaping and molding that has occurred throughout our lives. And these layers actually affect how we relate to our values. They relate to how we hold our values, how we shape our values how we express our values. And in order to get to the truth of what we truly deeply value, we do have to be a little bit brave. We do have to question the surface level responses that come up on a day-to-day basis. So I wanted to give you a kind of relatable example of this from my life so that you can maybe see in your own life how these these different experiences have shaped and molded you and affected the way that you value things in life. So one of the examples from my life that I have kind of unpacked a lot throughout my manifestation journey is when I look at my aviation career aspirations. In my aviation career, I have often felt like this niggling sense of time running out. 
Like I need to keep pursuing the next best thing. I need to push harder. I need to move faster. Whether it be wanting to fly a bigger jet or to move to a better, so to speak, airline, a bigger, better airline, or even become a captain. I've I've often felt that I should want these things. And if I didn't stop to take a moment to look at the why behind the the pursuing of of moving forward, constantly moving forward in my career, I would have never seen that there is unconscious drivers that are kind of pulling me towards that. But these unconscious drivers are not part of my core values. These are things that actually I don't value at all. So to give some more perspective to this, I come from a family, my parents really value high achievers. There was a lot of positive reinforcement from my parents and also my wider family, not just my parents, but you know, my aunties and uncles and everyone. When I was young, I got praised a lot when I did well in school, when I did well in sports or when I excelled in music or any of those sort of things. When I was successful, when I kept on striving, I got rewarded. I got really praised. There was a lot of emphasis on that. And I'm not saying that this is a bad thing, but this is part of what has made up, you know, the lens, my core, val- the the way I see the world. So even to the point where my first car when I was 15 was actually a bribe from my parents that if I made it through my first lot of major exams at high school, I would get this car, right? So I worked so hard to to get those exams done. I was so conscientious and, you know, I'm not that naturally gifted academically, so it was a lot of hard work, but my parents were like dangling the car carrot and it worked. I did get a lot of positive reinforcement from them. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily a bad thing, but I think it's something we need to be aware of, these these moments in time, the way that we've been shaped. So conversely, when I didn't perform, when I wasn't achieving highly, I did experience a lot of shame, a lot of disappointment, a lot of anger and resentment from my parents. I dropped out of high school when I was 16 (laughs) and my mum didn't speak to me for six months. So it's not hard to see how the quest to continue to achieve high standards in my aviation career is driven by this unconscious, like low level desire to please, to be pleasing outwardly, to be achieving outwardly, to you want we want other people to think good of us we want other people's support it feels nice to be uplifted and encouraged and all those sorts of things but it does shape the way that we view our lives as adults as well these sorts of experiences and if you combine that with for me there's a cultural norm in the aviation industry of having this very masculine drive to fly the biggest jet be the best and you know just there's a lot of ego driven progression in aviation and so you know I'm in that environment day in and day out so as a result of these things I there have been times where I've felt this drive to to continue to forge ahead even though when I stopped and considered what was actually driving the desire to apply for a new job or constantly striving for bigger better faster when I stopped and, and reconsidered that, I knew, I could see so clearly that it actually doesn't align at all with my core values. And even now at this point where I'm at in my aviation career, where I'm doing my captaincy, you know, I had the opportunity to do it a couple of years ago and I said no to it because, well, that's a whole nother story. 
But when I did finally decide to go after this captaincy, it wasn't because I wanted the prestige. It wasn't because I wanted to be the boss. It was honestly, wholeheartedly, from the core of my being, it is because I knew that it was going to push me out of my comfort zone and be a really beautiful playground for me to journey through my own personal, spiritual, and energetic evolution. Because this shit is not easy. It is not for the faint-hearted, and you have to get down and dirty with your own limiting beliefs. You got to do the shadow work if you're going to make it through this intensive training. So the reason I think that story is kind of important is that you can see that when you're taking a journey into discovering your core values, you do have to be, you have to somewhat take your blinkers off because all that shaping and molding from your younger years and even from the cultural experiences that you live in now, they are going to kind of sway the way you view your core values. So you have to go deeper than the immediate responses you have because a lot of these immediate responses are going to be driven by external factors that have been internalized, that on some level have been absorbed into your persona. And for your manifestation process, this is like, it's so juicy if you want to consciously create. It's so, so important that we get in touch with the truth of who you are outside the noise of all that external influence. So I know it sounds all great in theory, but how do you actually do this? I genuinely think a lot of this work can be done by just starting to question your beliefs and even the beliefs that you think might be supportive of you, anything that you see as life-giving in your life, because don't forget, a lot of our conditioning is actually life-giving. I I don't think all that shaping and molding I got to, to strive to achieve when I was a child was damaging. I just think it's skewed and shifted the way I see the world. And at least if I know that, I can come back to the truth of what I actually believe, what I actually value. So a lot of this work can be done by just starting to question your beliefs. I also wholeheartedly believe in getting support through this process because it can be really tricky to peel back the layers when we have these own distortions, like these distortions clouding our ability to go deep. And, you know, that's part of the reason I love human design and actually tarot therapy, because I think both of them are incredible ways to support you through that. Human design actually allows you to get out a torch and shine a spotlight on, on the innate sort of energetic gifts that you hold, which, and also your, your path, your purpose, what you came here to express and experience in this lifetime. So it can be a really beautiful way to draw yourself back to your natural state. And tarot therapy are really is really powerful because it actually helps bypass that conscious level of critical thinking, that that conscious level of um those lenses that we've built and helps you dive deeper into the depth of your psyche. It helps you go deep down into your inner realms and draw back your natural state as well. So both of those are really supportive ways that you can do this, go through this process of of really understanding your core values. All right, so step two, once we've really got down and dirty with what our core values are, and I should add that they're going to shift and change throughout your lifetime, right? So this is going to be a constantly evolving process for you, re-tapping into what you value. You know, when you're younger, it might be adventure. When you're older, it might be family. Either any of it is valid and valuable. It's just that we need to be kind of aware that it's always going to shift and change. So being really having a beautiful process where we get to connect in with that is important as well. So step two 
is to reflect on what you have in your life right now and reverse engineer any of the successful manifestation processes that you've already had. So maybe you have right now a really beautiful, strong, romantic relationship. Maybe you've got a thriving business. Maybe you've got a beautiful car, beautiful house. Whatever it is in your life that you really just are like, yes, this is good. This is juicy. This makes me feel really damn excited to be me and to get out of bed and to live my life. I'm so happy for this thing in my life. Once you've taken stock of what you have already created, take each of these manifestations. So, you know, I really encourage you to write a list of all the beautiful things that you've already created in your life and then go through a journey of reverse engineering those processes. So how did you bring your vision to life? If you have already, like if you're already on your human design journey, I'd really encourage you to apply your human design strategy and authority to this reverse engineering process. The reason I say that is because our strategy and authority guide us to what actually is genuine for us, what is in alignment for us. It shows us where our our natural excitement lies. So for example, if you're a sacral authority, you might like to write out or share your manifestation story, you know, as you're reverse engineering your manifestation story, check in with your excitement, use your gut response to guide you to the important parts of that story. Or maybe if you're a mental projector, talk it out, leave yourself some voice notes to help gain more clarity on how your manifestations have unfolded. So this is a process of like literally getting your stories, your successful manifestation stories out onto paper, onto voice note, just so that you can see with a little bit more clarity what unfolded for those things to come to fruition. So as you go through this process of reflection, some key things to take note of are what drove the desire to manifest? What made you want that thing in the first place? Was it knowing that something had to change? Was it a desire for luxury, a feeling that you were looking for? As Trish said um, in her episode, we often want to, we want to manifest things because we want to feel something. We want, we're looking for a feeling. So as you reflect on your manifestations, what feelings were they? Why is that important to you? What did you stand to gain from manifesting the things that you have in your life right now? Did you have any intuitive knowings? Did you have Throughout the entire process, were there situations where you had a feeling, an inner knowing, maybe even heard a voice like Siam and Gemma had a voice that that came so clearly to them that they knew they had to follow, they had to pursue this, even though it didn't make any logical sense. Were there any situations like that for you in your manifestation process? Were there times when things took an unexpected turn in your life and what were the outcome of those situations? So in the first episode of the manifestation series, I told you about how I met Clay and some of the surprising sliding doors moments that when we reflect on now are like, holy shit, can't believe that that unfolded that way. And I'm sure, I'm almost certain you have had those experiences too. What sudden or unexpected turns, twists and turns did your life take that have led you to be in a really beautiful place now with your beautiful manifestations around you? What inner work, if any, did you do along the process that supported you? Did you have to start going to therapy at some point? Did you realize you can't do it on your own? Did you get coaching? Did you have to have some conversations with friends and family? These are really important parts of our manifestation process as well. Was there anything that you had to release or let go of for your manifestations to drop in? So 
This could be anything from clearing out physical things in your life. It could be letting go of relationships. It could be letting go of old ways of being that are no longer serving you. But often when we're creating, we do ha- there is a process of saying goodbye to shit that's no longer serving us. And I am sure that as you reverse engineer your manifestation process, you will see that. It'll become clear. So keep an eye out for that. Were there any pivotal conversations or synchronicities that you didn't notice at the time, (laughs) but are so super obvious now? You know, it might be that you got invited to a party and then you met someone at a party and then, you know, again with the sliding doors moments, these things that at the time you just think are nothing. But then on reflection, you're like, that has changed the course of my life. And it might not be that it's, you know, completely life changing, but it might be that's how I ended up with this, this new job, or this is how I met this new person, which led to whatever, you know, all the beautiful things that can unfold when we have these pivotal conversations or synchronicities or moments in our life that we just don't even notice. We take them for granted because they seem like everyday little events. And, and then, so if you look back on that, you can see how being deeply rooted in the now and, and allowing yourself to be guided with a bit of trust is also helpful in your manifestation process. So those are some things that you can look out for as you are reverse engineering your manifestation process. So reflection and reverse engineering, this is step two. So once you've done this, you should be left with some really obvious cues about what it took for you to manifest these things into your life. Some really common things that came out of the the conversations we had throughout the manifestation series are following your inner knowing, honoring your boundaries, following your excitement, being brave enough to say yes to yourself. Yours will be different, but these are a good place to start. And then once you have your list of these manifestation cues, you can start being curious about if you're applying them now in your life or not. Maybe you can start seeing where you could lean into these a bit more to support you on your current manifestation journey. So something I've actually realized throughout the creation of the manifestation series is that boundaries have been a real sticking point for me over the last few years. Although I've been aware of them, I've breached them a lot. And it wasn't actually until I started recording these manifestation series episodes that the penny dropped for me in a serious way. And so I've taken action on that. I've started to honor my energetic and emotional boundaries in particular with a whole new level of commitment. And the cool thing is that I'm already seeing the results of this in my manifestation process, which is mind blowing to me. I mean, I don't know why it's mind blowing because I wholeheartedly believe in this, but you know, it's, it's one thing to know it and it's another thing to live it. And so, yeah, both of my businesses have experienced a whole new level of flow and more easeful, positive momentum in the last few months. So believe me, no matter how much you think you know what helps and hinders your process, being really methodical, I think, and really giving yourself time to go through this process will help you bring more conscious awareness to what behaviors are actually helping or hindering you right now. Knowing is not enough. Okay, so that's step two. Step three, get clear on your vision. Have an incredible time creating it. Make it really feel beautiful. Make it feel alive. Make it feel so damn delicious that you can taste it. And then release it and continue living your bloody life. (laughs) Okay, so what do I mean by release it and continue living your life? I mean, we have to be present. We have to take small, actionable steps each day 
that are in alignment with the person who we want to be and the vision we have for ourselves. We can't, if we stay so future focused, it can be a problem because, you know, you probably, you're not going to manifest your dream holiday if you're not taking any actionable steps towards doing it. So this is the the Knight of Pentacles work. This is, sorry, <laughs> for those of you that don't know the tarot, the Knight of Pentacles is the groundwork. It's, it's the, the preparatory work that we do, the base level work that sometimes seems boring, but is totally necessary if we're going to achieve manifestation success. Again, you can use your human design to amplify your daily actions. Let your signature theme and your not-self theme keep you heading in the right direction. Use them as your guardrails to keep you on track. Let your strategy and authority support you in turning down the noise of external influence and, and instead start trusting your body wisdom and inner guidance. But most importantly, stay connected to the joy in each and every day. Because yeah, if we stay too future focused, if we obsess about the end result, we tend to miss the incredible beauty that is in our life every day, but we also can get tunnel vision and sometimes miss opportunities and synchronicities that are actually dropping in daily. Now, I really don't believe that we will ever miss out on what is meant for us in this lifetime, but I do believe we can make it harder for ourselves than it needs to be. And one thing that can do that, one thing that can create a lot of resistance is when we are too rigid with our expectations of how long things should take or how things should unfold. Don't forget that our biggest, most incredible manifestations are a result of every single small daily step that we take. They're born from being present, from being open, from being curious. We get to let it be easy by being rooted in all of that goodness without obsessing or trying to control every aspect of the process. Does that feel good? I know for me, it feels really, really delicious. Like it feels like I can breathe and relax and just know that it's all happening. Human design has been a huge support for me through this as well. It's taught me to trust myself, to trust my process. And the best thing is that over time, as I continue my own human design experiment, I build more and more evidence of how this is true. So step three in discovering your own unique process is to, yes, let yourself roll around in the bliss of creating your incredible vision for what you want your life to look like. And continue to do that. Again, it's not a one and done thing. That's going to shift. It's going to evolve. So you might like to kind of add this into a monthly or quarterly process that you have. Build the vision. Tap into why it's important to you. Relate it back to your core values. And then release that shit and keep living your life deeply rooted in the now, enjoying every moment. Okay, now we are at the last step to creating your own badass manifestation process. All right, team. So step four. Consciously cultivate a high sense of self-love and self-worth. Take radical responsibility for the way you show up for yourself, the way you treat yourself, the way you talk to yourself, and the way you nurture yourself. Invest in your personal and spiritual evolution. Actively love up to yourself and build unshakable level of worthiness. This doesn't necessarily mean that you have to feel 100% in a high state of self-love or self-worth every minute of every day, but it does mean that on even on days when you're feeling low, when you're not your sparkly, vibrant self, 
you can still touch into something within you that knows that that's okay. It's okay to be just the way you are right now. It's okay to feel the way you feel. It's okay to be on a journey and it's okay to struggle sometimes. It's absolutely perfect if everything is not always rainbows and lollipops because you already know that no matter what you achieve, no matter what you give to your community, no matter how messy you are or how perfect you are, every moment of every day, you are worthy. Take your power back and learn to own your space in this world. Stop apologizing for any messiness and instead embrace that as part of the whole person that you are. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard manifestation advice that focuses on this, but I've got to be honest, I actually think that this is one of the biggest missing pieces for a lot of people. We have to acknowledge our divine, utterly unique and precious place in this life. Because in doing this, we are acknowledging that we are capable and we are as deserving as anyone else at achieving the most fucking drool-worthy life ever. (laughs) This work might be some of the hardest and maybe that's why people don't talk about it too much because it doesn't really conform or comply with quick fix results that people like to promise these days. I... I'm starting to really reject any sort of marketing that makes me expect things to happen fast. And the reason for that is because I think it's perpetuating a really stress, like high stress, activated nervous system way of being and existing in this life. So yeah, I I don't think that people talk about self-love and self-worth as a, as a, critical part of a manifestation process because it's not a quick quick fix. Learning to cultivate a deep sense of self-worth and self-love is a lifetime of work. It's layered and it's multifaceted and we move in and out of it. Oh my goodness, like just when you think you've healed a wound or integrated a shadow or, you know, moved through a challenge and another situation will arise and then boom, <laughs> you're like, oh fuck, here's another layer that I need to heal. And that's okay, but it's also why it's so important that we don't think of this process as perfection or a destination, but as a process and, a, and something that you will make progress through. And it's actually more important that there's awareness around it than any sort of expectation of perfection. As long as you continue to commit to loving up to yourself, you're doing really, really important work that is going to support you in your manifestation process. (sighs) Okay, so that's it. That's the Level Up with KDB method to creating your very own unique manifestation process. It's four steps. There is no cookie cutter here. This is going to be a very unique journey to you. It's going to be a lifelong journey, but you are going to be able to do it each and every day. The four steps are discovering your core values reflecting and reverse engineering your already successful manifestation process because you already have an incredible manifestation process. Do not undervalue that. Step three is create the vision and let that shit go. Stay deeply rooted in the joy of the journey and continue to follow the next best aligned step. And step four is cultivating a deep sense of self-love and self-worth so that you are not afraid to take up space, that you believe wholeheartedly that you deserve what you are creating in this lifetime. 
I'd really, truly love to hear how this process sits with you. I'd love to know what you think about it. I'd love to know how it, you've related to it. And maybe this episode has sparked something in you. Maybe it's made you realize something about your manifestation process that has been missing or something that you know that you can work on to help expedite or make this whole process feel easy, breezy, and a lot more natural to you. My intention through this podcast and through my human design coaching practice is always to support you in being the most empowered, badass version of yourself, to show you that you already have what it takes. You already have everything you need to create the life that you fantasize about. No one can ever take that away from you. And equally, no one can access it for you. I really hope that you can see that. I hope you can see that you are capable AF <laughs> and you are so, so worthy of creating an abundant and fulfilling life. No matter what unfolds on your manifestation journey, no matter what hurdles you come across, when it feels sticky and tough or when it feels easy breezy, you can move through all of that knowing that it's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of you being human and you are a beautiful fucking human and you deserve to thrive and you have all the tools to do that. Okay, team, that is it from me this week. I really just have loved every minute of the manifestation series. I've got, I've actually throughout the process come up with so many more ideas for episodes in the future. You know, if you have any specific questions about human design, about business, about manifestation, send them through to me. You can DM me on Facebook. You can DM me on Instagram. You can send me an email, you know, all these ways. I love to, I, I, this is for you. I want to help you through this podcast. So if you have anything that you'd love to hear, hear more insights about let me know if you love this episode why not share it with a friend and you know there's always a beautiful opportunity to leave me a review on the apple podcast platform that is the best way for more people to find the podcast and that just makes me so so happy so thank you to everyone who has left beautiful reviews i'm sending you all so much love until next week team take care keep making the shit out of life and i'll catch you in the next episode